You sit back and watch for the bullshit because you know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's, you know what's BS with Brian Simpson. We got a lot of stuff in store for you today. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of things going on in uh, society. I don't even really know where, 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 where do I want to start? Do I want to start with uh, with the Bolson thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll start with that. So. Um, I don't know if you heard by now, uh, but uh, <clears throat> a Dallas police officer, um, I know her last name is Geiger, Amber Geiger, I think her name is, um, and I've never met anyone named Geiger that uh, that really, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, that really had it all together, <laughs> you know, um, But she uh she was booked today. She was booked uh booked into uh the uh, the Dallas uh the Dallas jail. She was finally arrested after well, I want to say 15 or so days after she uh she she shot a man, a black man in his own apartment. Now they lived in the same apartment complex. She had gotten off work late. Was uh had worked a long shift, parked on the wrong floor, according to her, and um, she mistook his apartment for hers. Um, that's that was the uh, the that was the initial story that came out. She later claimed that she gave him instructions that he didn't follow. Either way, he ended up dead. And um, uh, I recently spoke about this on uh, on uh, one of my good friends' podcast, uh, uh, Scott and Andrew. Red and blue, uh, fuck. Red versus blue with Scott and Andrew is what it's called. Uh, they should be dropping their first episode by the time uh, this comes out. Um, and it, and, it, and uh, you know, we we discuss it a lot. They, they are. Uh, they all have we all three of us managed to have various opinions on it you know um but i think with a lot a lot of people because you know how sometimes you have a conversation or you have a debate and then two days later you think of how you should have worded so so that's what happened you know i've i've had this discussion already a few times quite a few times actually but um You know, it's off. She, it's like this lady is given deference because she's a police officer. Um, do, do I believe she is racist? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that, but this is racism. You understand? And, and, and this is, this is what a lot of folks don't get. When we, when a lot of times when black folks call things racism, 
we're not it's not necessarily the people involved even though that could be argued too but racism is systemic it's not it's not i don't think amber uh, geiger i don't think she got off work and was like you know what i'm gonna kill me a nigga before the night's over no i don't think that's i don't think that's what went down but You went into the wrong fucking house. And police officer or not, you don't have the right to go into someone else's house, you know, without a warrant, off duty, all that, and give them no fucking commands. You know? And it doesn't matter that, you you know, because his mom, her conclusion is, if that had been a white man, he'd be alive. I tend to agree. You know, because I'm sure he tried to tell her ass, you in the wrong, you in, this is my house, bitch. I mean, cause that, that would have been my first words. What is this about? You're in my fucking house. You know, I don't, I don't know how, how tired or how discombobulated you have to be to not, to not realize that you're in the wrong house. I've gone, I've walked into the wrong house, but I've walked into the wrong apartment before. I think I've done that. Or at least tried the door or tried to put my key in, whatever. And you know what? I wasn't even drunk or nothing. I was just preoccupied in my mind or whatever. You know, I've walked into the wrong bathroom. I know a bunch of us have done that. Strangely, I've never been in the bathroom when someone walked into the wrong bathroom. I've only ever been the walker. It's probably happened about 10 times in my life. But the point is, you know, I don't, I don't live in the men's room. And immediately, like every single time that I walked into the wrong bathroom, and you know what? Quite a few of these times, there weren't, there weren't women in the bathroom, you know? But, but almost immediately, I realized that it's the wrong bathroom. You know, something ain't right. It, it, and, and you know what? It's not, we don't even need, even need to get into all of that. Cause let me ask you this. This is, I guess th- this is really just for the, for the, for the white people listening or for the people, that, this is, this is for the people listening that, that, that go, well, she, she thought she was in the wrong and you think that that exonerates her, right? How would you feel if I walked into your house by accident thinking it was my house and shot you? Would you be okay with that? Probably not. What if I was a police officer? So fucking what? I don't care if it was a, I don't care if Amber, if, if, if Amber Geiger was a grand dragon in the Ku Klux Klan or if she has adopted little black children from Africa. I, I don't care which end of the spectrum she's on. You still killed somebody. It doesn't matter if it was a mistake. I mean, it matters in the sense of what you're going to get charged with. And it also matters in the sense of whether I think you're an evil piece of shit or just a unfortunate idiot but you know what it is sad Let, let's let's just give her the benefit of the doubt and say amber geiger is the most angelic soul that's ever walked the earth and this was just a honest to goodness wholesome mistake 
Bitch, that shit happens to little black kids every motherfucking day. See, th see, that's the difference. It's like, we don't get to fuck up and come back. Equality isn't really a, about finance. It's just this finance gives you the power to rebuild your life. You know? You can be, if you're a police officer or you're wealthy, you can, you can just fuck up and fuck up and fuck up and put your life back together. Most black folks got one chance. Most people of color got one opportunity to fuck up. If you don't play your cards just so, that first mistake is going to affect the whole rest of your life. You can't be one of these kids that get, that get drunk and run over four people and then say you got affluenza. Say, oh, you were just so rich and spoiled, you ain't think about... That shit ain't never, ever gonna work for no black folks. I'm not trying to hear that this shit was a mistake. That bitch needs to go to jail. I mean, listen, <laughs> you, you know what it is? Every time it's one of these shootings... And I see the footage or I hear the story. Um, you know, not every single time, but, uh, but every time I hear one and I think to myself, there's no way that because every time one of these things happens, you know, you, you, you read the comments and stuff and you immediately see the fucking, uh, uh, the blue ballers come out and the white supremacists come out. And try to justify the, the the killing, you know. But every once in a while, there's one of these, and I'm like, "There's no way." Even the most staunch police supporter, even the most staunch white nationalist, could possibly rationalize this. And this is one of those things. And but why why do I think that? <laughs> because I read some of these comments, and it's like. Jesus, man. I mean, the man was in his own goddamn house. If you ain't safe in your house, minding your own motherfucking business, then you ain't an American. Like, that is the whole premise of America. The whole protection against illegal search and seizures thing. Read your history. Cause that shit ain't about you getting patted down. I mean, it, it, it gets translated that way for modern times, but the protection against illegal search and seizure was about keeping the government from being able to make you let troops stay in your house like the British would do. The British would, if the, if the British army was in your town, they would just take your house. And I mean, your family could stay there too, but they would just come up in your house and you got to let them sleep up in there and eat up in there and all of that. And, you know, that's what, that's the whole purpose of that amendment is to, you supposed to be safe in your house. It, 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 uh, this shit's about to make my head explode. Okay. And, 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 you know, and so if you don't, if you don't see the racism in that, cause, cause you, it's debatable. I, I'll give you that. It's debatable. You got to see the racism in this because this happens every time. 
Now, they haven't said a goddamn thing about her. Okay, this man is dead. They haven't said a goddamn thing about her, what she was, what was in her blood, what was in her house, what was on her mind. But shortly after this young man died, of course, they searched his house because it's a crime scene now, because who's crime? <laughs> Hers, right? And they start talking about how he had marijuana in his house. So goddamn what? What in the fuck does that have to do with anything? It's because they're trying to assassinate his character because they know that there are still, um, there are still motherfuckers in here living in 1945 reefer madness bullshit that think marijuana is, uh, some kind of, I mean, listen, I don't care if he had a kilo of cocaine on the table. I don't care if that motherfucker had plans for the next 9-11 on the table. None of that shit gives a police officer the right to walk up in your motherfucking house and shoot you. I'm, I am relieved that they arrested her, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you, she gonna get off light. She gonna get off real light. Yeah, the Dallas, you know, they have to arrest her for appearances. Cause you just, there's no way you can get around arresting her. You know what I mean? Without, without just blatantly admitting that the system is fucked. But the, the person that decides to arrest her is not the person that decides how she sins. No, that's a jury of your peers. Okay. That's a judge that's already on that side. Not to not to mention that these police unions are mad powerful. They're the only unions that conservatives don't try to destroy. It's police unions. Because police unions tend to vote conservative. All the other unions are evil, if you ask your local uh Republican person because they you know they want to get away with paying you nothing anyway that's that's a that's a whole other episode yeah they they claim that in this house they found marijuana they found uh i don't know if it was a backpack or a jacket or a vest but something with police markings now how the fuck did that happen who knows because here's the thing I don't trust a goddamn thing that the police say. Not a motherfucking thing. And maybe you think that's uh whatever. I mean, I grew up watching police do dirty shit to my friends and my family my whole life. So my mistrust for cops is deeply rooted. And to myself, by the way. And to myself. The last time I was arrested when I was a teenager... Um, I had a bag of weed on me, you know, a bag of weed that the cops should have never found because they should have never stopped us and fucked with us in the first place. We were just walking back from the basketball court, you know, and they arrested us. Uh, they arrested two of us. I mean, we, everybody split up and ran. I got caught me and this other guy I had a little bag of weed on me, whatever. But the point is, you know, later on, you know, when my, uh, when, when we got a hold of the police report, 
they claimed that they got a, they claimed that somebody flagged them down and complained about some kids selling CDs in this parking lot. Now, without you being familiar with the area and being familiar and being, um, Without you being familiar with the area and being from the area, it, it will be hard for me to explain to you exactly why and how nobody would sell CDs in that parking lot. But please believe me. <laughs> nobody was selling CDs in this motherfucking parking lot. First of all, first of all, there were the people, the people that, the people that, uh, let's just say run those streets wouldn't have allowed it. It's too hot. It draws attention because selling CDs is illegal. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's one thing. But also, even if nobody was was opposed to you selling CDs in that parking lot, uh, anyone with half a brain would never sell CDs there just because it was a bad location. It you know this I lived in a I lived in a cul-de-sac. Who the fuck is selling CDs in a cul-de-sac? Like it was, it was, it was an apartment complex that like, but you, you literally had, there was only one way in and one way out. You, you were driving, you, you had to drive and it wasn't that big. It was probably one, two, three, probably six or seven buildings at this time. You know, and once you drove past this, you know, you, it was, and it was the size of not even a block. I mean, no, if nobody in there, if you won't sell CDs, you would leave the fuck out the comp, the apartment complex and go to the busy street. Anyway, the point is they made it up. That's what I'm trying to get to. They made up the fact that somebody flag. Also, nobody would flag a cop down in a black neighborhood for some petty shit. Black people do not. <laughs> Where I'm from anyway, black people from PG County, Maryland, from Washington, DC, from Virginia, do not do not call, contact, flag down, ask for the police for little shit. <laughs> no one would do that. Anyway, the point is, they made it up. They they made it up. They did. They and even if even if let's say for the sake of argument, somebody somebody did flag them down and and say that people were selling CDs and. Do we look, how, how does a group of fucking kids look like they selling CDs? All of us clearly in basketball shorts, clearly with no bags of CDs. You know what I mean? They just, it was just an excuse to stop us. And they knew we didn't know our rights because I didn't know better. I didn't know about, uh, probable cause. You know, I didn't know about, uh, reasonable suspicion. I didn't know about all that at the time. Anyway. I mean, I don't trust the cops. So, you know, we got to take their, we got to take her word that, uh, she mistakenly thought it was her house. We got to take their word that they found weed in his house, even though that doesn't fucking matter except in the, in the court of public opinion. Um, I mean, what the fuck difference? <laughs> Jesus Christ. If he had a blunt in his hand, bitch, anyway. <sighs> yeah. So we, I guess we just have to wait. Wait and see how that turns out. Um, but, uh, yeah, she was, she was booked into custody today. <laughs> uh, 
you know, rest in peace, Baltimore Jean. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know him. I don't know if he was a good person, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I don't, did he deserve to die? I don't think so. You know, um, I mean, also it's like, cause, cause they try to do it from the other way too and say, oh, he was a choir leader and all this other shit. See, I don't like, I don't like that either because it, It perpetuates the notion that some people deserve to die and some people, or that they're like, it, it, it perpetuates this whole classism thing where it's like, you know, you know, like they, they, they try to tell you what, what job he had and what, and his extracurricular activities to try to bolster this positive image of him as if the positive image, you know, because if his positive image means he didn't deserve to die, then what about somebody with a negative image? I mean, what about, what if he was going to community college and he was an atheist? That mean, Does that make his killing okay? Anyway, people choose how to handle shit, how they handle it. They get out in front of it how they want to. Um, but, you know, I hope they throw the book at her. You know, I hope, I really hope they do. I would love to see her get interviewed or see, you know, her, her, her disposition. I don't know, but, uh, I don't give a fuck about her anyway. I don't care what they do to her. Throw her to the book, throw her to the wolves, you know, put bleach in her sinuses, whatever you got to do. Um, no, that's a little violent, you know, I just want, I just want this, them to hurry up and get to the bottom of this. Cause I don't know about her. I know they took a blood test that day. But I don't know what was in her, what was in her system. You know, they don't, the media doesn't seem to be too concerned about uh, what the fuck was wrong with her. You know, cause apparently once you put on a badge, you become a perfect person beyond reproach that can literally get away with murder. I, I can't wait. I can't wait until the, the, when it, cause it's inevitable. It's going to happen. One of these cops is going to fuck up and shoot one of these rich people's kids. You know? Like, remember, just recently in Los Angeles, it was the the rich white kid. He was down here stunting with some gangsters. Um, ended up uh, ended up driving a, driving a car doing a drive-by, and they arrested all the niggas. <laughs> And he got off because they said that he was not a gangster. He was just fascinated by the life and he got caught up. In, Nigga, that's everybody. <laughs> everybody in that life started out fascinated. And got caught up. You think niggas want to, you think niggas want to live the streets? No, these fucking posers do. These posers do. See, I was lucky enough to know some real gangsters when I was a kid. And the last thing they wanted me to be was a gangster. I never wanted to be a gangster. I thought it was cool. It looked cool. But um, but in my heart, I never really wanted to be a, a gangster. And I was always told by gangsters to not ever do it. You know, or maybe gangster is not the, not really the right word to call them, but just street niggas. 
all the street niggas on my street, and I grew up on a lot of different streets, <laughs> but all all the street niggas I ever knew was like, nah, the, nigga, you smart. Take your ass to school. <laughs> you know what I mean? All that. So I, <sighs> the real street niggas did it because they had to. They, had, they did it to survive or they did it to take care of, feed their family. You know what I mean? These motherfuckers that get rich and then want to be gangsters, I don't understand those people. Um, why? <laughs> well, you're, you're, you made it. What are you trying to go back in the street shit? I don't get it. Um, moving on. Cat Williams. Um, often embroiled in controversy or whatever. Cat Williams was, uh, was recently on the, on, uh, V103 Atlanta's Frank and Wanda in the morning, morning show. Um, uh, uh, in the middle of, uh, of, in the middle of the interview, so, so, Cat was not originally supposed to be on the show. <laughs> um, it, they were interviewing Red Grant because he had a show in town. Cat Williams was just there to support him. They saw that Cat Williams was with, was with Red, and they they begged him to please, please do this interview. You know, so he did it. And uh, in the middle of the interview, uh, the the Wanda. From Frank and Wanda, so Cat Williams was was basically I wouldn't say shitting on, but he had some real strong opinions about uh, some of the young and up up and coming black uh, comedy uh, stars. Uh, Lil Rel, he had some thing he called Lil Rel ugly. He said Tiffany Haddish. Um, I forget what he said about her, but you know, basically T Tiffany Haddish and Gerard Carmichael, he, he, you know, he, he basically thinks that, um, that they are being held up by white folks and all the older black comedians that have paid their dues and paved the way are getting looked over. Uh, you know, you have to hear him explain his thing but you know you you can go on the youtube and see the video it's every damn where um and and wanda tried to i don't want to say argue with him but she was trying to like soften the blow i she's not good at interviewing because you know if you're interviewing someone and they start to say something controversial You can't pussyfoot or tiptoe, okay? You either have to take a hard stance and challenge them and disagree or change the subject. She What she was trying to do was she was trying to she was trying to disagree with him in a roundabout way but also without pissing him off <laughs> you know she was trying to like slow play it 
So she tried. <laughs> yeah. I can't even explain it. Um, but anyway, he, he saw what she was trying to do and was like, no. You know, and kept on making a few controversial subjects. And then she, and then she tried to just abruptly change the subject, which is also, that's not the way to go. Um, and it turned into this, this small, we, uh, we call it joning where I'm from snapping, roasting. Um, it's not roasting, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just snapping, just talking shit right now in the room, in the moment. Your appearance, or you know, you know your disposition, whatever it is, and um, and and it, and it went back and forth. And you know what? <laughs> you 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 not gonna win that battle with Cat Williams, you know. And and uh, and finally, like she couldn't handle the little onslaught. At this point, it was still light. It was still light, and she could have laughed it off. You know, cause that's what you do. Cause, cause I'm around comedians all the time. I'm around comedians all the time and we shit on each other all the time. I'm whenever I'm at the comedy store or whenever I'm around, when I'm around a decent number of comedians that are, that are also my real good friends, it always turns into that, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. You're not going to always have something in the chamber. You know, I mean, some people do. Some people, some people come around and they, and they, and they fully loaded and they ready for smoke. And they, you know, and they'll just fire you up. They'll fire you up. Bang, 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 bang. They wait for anybody to say anything. They just in the zone, whatever. And sometimes you're not ready for that. It, it, you know what? If somebody hits you with a good one, cause, cause, cause here, here's the thing. The most vicious snaps are the accurate ones. The more accurate you are when you're describing somebody's flaws, that's the shit that hurt the most, and that's the shit that's the funniest shit. And and when you and when you're kind of not accurate, it's kind of like, uh, eh, eh. you know. And 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 Cat Williams was just firing her ass up. And here's what you do when you when you're getting fired up like that. And you're not ready for that smoke. You laugh. You laugh. You laugh. You hit him with a fuck you, and you move and you move on. But if you get in your feelings, or if you do what she did, which is even worse, <laughs> if you get in your feelings and then you try to go for the, you try to go below the belt, it's gonna turn into a whole other thing. <laughs> it's gonna get it's gonna get it more hurtful. You understand what I'm saying? Because there's levels to this shit. And I'm sorry, man. I mean, Cat Williams is, what, 25 or more years in the game? Bro, you're not... <laughs> you're a local radio host. Like, you're not... A, you're not... <laughs> you're not going to win that. But she 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 tried to go below the belt, and she called him a... You know, she tried to, uh, I forget the word, what the word is, uh, emasculate him. She tried to emasculate him and called him like Miss Thing or something. You know, that little subtle, little Tyrion Lannister ass shit. You know, that, that catty, uh, passive aggressive. And, and, you know, you, you're not, Cat Williams is not letting that shit slide. 
And yeah, and he then 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 he went deeper and he really started firing her up, started talking about her her weight, you know, her hair, the way she was dressed, how she can't cook. You know, and and even even all that what wasn't that bad. I mean, she could have just laughed it off, but and maybe she was kind of laughing along with it. Um, cause, cause then she didn't have no choice. She didn't have no comeback for the stuff he was saying because it was accurate and it was clever and it was funny. Even her host was, her co-host was laughing. Everybody was laughing. Right. And you, as a comedian, she claims to be a comedian. I've never seen, I've never heard of her before this. I never seen nothing she's done. So I can't say where she's a comedian from that perspective, but I do know real comics take that smoke and just go home. You just got to take it. Just laugh. It's because it's not, it ain't mean, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's like sparring. You know what I mean? It's like sparring for, 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 for fighters. It's like, you know, if I whoop your ass in a sparring session, you don't meet me in the parking lot. It's we spar because this is what we do. We fight as comedians. It's like, you know, if you roast me in a, if you, if you roast me in a, in a, in a session and because we all just sitting around and you say some, you just got to take that. Either you got to come back or you don't. Either way, you can't lose your cool. You can't let it get under your skin. That's, that's a comic thing. Anyway, my point is, so Cat Williams is, so they're all at Red Grant show, which he was there to promote. And, uh, and her husband pulls a gun on Cat Williams. Um, lucky for him, Cat Williams didn't press charges. Um, but I mean, come on, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I just lost, I lost respect for her because, and, and afterwards, and she said that she was, uh, she felt attacked, she felt ambushed. What? Don't get me wrong. I don't know Cat Williams. I don't even, I don't know if he's the best person. He's one of the funniest motherfuckers alive. I know there was a couple of years where I thought he might have been losing his mind. But uh, in that interview, he seemed 100% on point. You know, she just, she poked the bear. She thought she could hang when she realized she couldn't. She tried to, she tried to say some slick shit under the belt. And he caught that shit and fired her ass up. Then her husband pulls a gun the next day. Like you, you that in your feelings, bro? Your wife's a comic, bro. That can't take a joke. That can't take a joke that happened in the roast session that she started. By a guy that she begged to be on her show when he wasn't even there to be on the show. You you know and and I and I get I I understand the motivation behind it because she don't she didn't want to sit there and just let him insult Tiffany Haddish. She's a fan. A lot of a lot of black women are fans of Tiffany Haddish. I like Tiffany Haddish, but the thing is, you're not responsible for what your guests say on your show, and you can't pussyfoot around it. You know, just say, look, I like her. Let's talk about something else. You know, anyway, I, I'm, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, I was never a fan of, of this Wanda person. 
Um, anyway, um, I've never heard of her before this, like I said, but just as a comic, it's like, come on, man, you gonna go, it shouldn't, this shouldn't even be, this shouldn't even be in the press or whatever. This, cause, cause what's wild is this video is from them. They put this, see, she, <laughs> they put this video out, the V103 Atlanta, the Frank and Wanda show, they put out this video of her getting roasted <laughs> by Cat Williams. So, and, and then to, and, but then the later on claim to protect her husband, the later on claim she felt attacked and unsafe. Okay, then if, if you were so attacked and unsafe and embarrassed, why the fuck you put this video on the internet? I, uh, anyway. Um, so there, 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 that's that. Uh, damn, look, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of passion in this episode. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of spice, a lot of spice in this episode. Um, moving on, moving on to, uh, to our Black History Moment. Before I get to that, uh, come, make sure you come see me, um, at the Golden Hour comedy show. Uh, I believe that's in, uh, I believe that's in Venice. Let me look this up. I should be more, uh, prepared. Oh, oh, it's on Venice, Bo Venice Boulevard. Okay, yeah. Harvard Heights. Harvard, Harvard Heights in LA. 745, Sunday, September 23rd. Um, yeah, I'm going to be on the Golden Hour comedy show. It's going to be dope. Uh, come see me. Uh, then on the 25th, I'm going to be on Heavy Heavy Low Low at Bar Lubitsch in LA. <laughs> Um, I, I believe that starts at nine. Yeah. So it's all going to be, it's going to be all good. Um, and then next weekend, I mean, this, there's going to be another episode before this, but yeah, just get my schedule on your mind. Um, I'm doing a US, USO show on Thursday, the 27th, uh, at, uh, the La Jolla comedy store in San Diego. And then, uh, that Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be featuring uh, for Steve Renazizi at the, that very same club. So come through, get your tickets, uh, all that. Oh, also Sunday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, so come through, get your tickets, come holler at me or see, you know, wh however you need to do it. Uh, so our Black History uh, uh, focus today is on Victor Hugo Green. Victor Hugo Green. Um, he was a postal employee from Harlem, New York. Um, and the reason I want to highlight Mr. Green is because 
he did one of the most fascinating things. Pre-civil rights era. Um, in 1936, he invented the Negro Traveler's Green Book, a.k.a. the Negro Motorist Green Book, a.k.a. the Green Book. I'd never heard about this until recently. What the Green Book was, was it was a list, <clears throat> a list. The Green Book was a list of, uh, a list of places that, uh, accepted and was safe for black people, people of color. Um, and it, you know, it was like uh, just a guidebook of like, this is where you can go and be safe, right? This is, these are the hotels, gas stations, uh, you know, bars, whorehouses that accept black money and black business. Um, at its height, he was printing 15,000 copies a year. Um, it grew, he, he, it grew to, uh, at first it started as a New York thing. Then it grew, into like New York, down and down into the South, and then it would then turn nationwide. And he eventually opened a travel service where he would basically did the same thing for around the world. You know, just these are the destinations where it's safe for black people to go. Um, and then in, in, in 1966, I believe, yeah, which was two years after the, uh, Civil Rights Act passed, uh, they kind of stopped doing it because theoretically everywhere was then safe. I don't know, man. I feel like we still need that motherfucker today, don't we? I'd love a little book to tell me whether I can go in the, in the certain places or like which towns ain't safe and that sort of thing. I guess, uh, that's the internet, but still it would be nice to have just maybe a PDF. Maybe a, some kind of searchable document. You know? Or maybe just one for like where police haven't killed people. I would like to know where, where, where the lowest, <laughs> I don't Cause I be, you know, when you're on the road, man, sometimes like you like, I take a wrong turn, you're like, man, is this? Is it safe out here? Like, if I see paint peeling off a barn, I'm fucking scared. You know what I mean? I don't want to get skinned. I don't want to get, like, fed to a cows or whatever. Whatever happens to people that get lost in rural America. Uh, anyway, that's been this episode of BS with Brian Simpson. Thank you for listening.